This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Hello and welcome to the podcast Take No Sh. I'm your host, John Wasserman, and our guest this episode is Luis Arvalo. How you doing, Luis? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, Luis? Well, I'm a Guatemala native. Uh, came here when I was 11 years old. Uh, you know, been trying to do my best here. Uh, I was doing a little bit of, uh, you know, identity looking. You know, I was soul searching, as they say here. Mm-hmm. But it was good. I mean, I like the transition. It's pretty good. I mean, it, I'm had some bad times, but most of them are good, so I can't complain. Yeah, let's call that mind navigating, mind na- mapping, you know? Yeah, Just yeah, trying yeah, to figure definitely. it all out. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, everybody needs that, man. Hell yeah. Okay, so a little background, actually. Me and Luis actually work together at the same restaurant. He's the bartender. I'm one of the waiters. Great food. We'll do the plugging at the end. <laughs> so, you know, also you had a bit of a music career, like you were telling me in the car over here. You rec- recorded some ta- songs. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the genres you've dabbled in, what music you currently like to listen to? Well, I started singing, believe it or not, I was in church choir mm-hmm. when I was young, younger, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I sang for about two years, and then I came here and I started I started listening to hip-hop, you know, the old-school stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I liked it. I mean, I kind of fell in love with it, the whole, you know— idea of uh telling a story through music you know and it's i mean i'm not saying Mm -hmm. that all other genres are different but i just you know really connected to what other people were saying in these in Mm -hmm. these songs so i started with you know rapping you know writing down mostly Mm -hmm. and moved up to freestyling and i did a little bit of r&b but it was you know minor things it wasn't much you know nothing that made a difference at the time so when you were in church, do you think you were more of a Chris Brown or a John Mayer? Oh, man. I definitely, Chris Brown, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Really, just hitting on all, like, the old yeah, ladies? Yeah, oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah, so actually I was thinking about this question over in the car. What do you think of um, these new age rappers and, like, the way their personas, the way they project themselves to the public? Since you say you like old school rap, what do you think of that? Right, I mean, I feel like most of them are doing it just for, you know, the money, the fame, yeah. which, you know, the older the 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 older generation of hip hop rap hip hop rappers, uh they did it for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. But they had more of like a necessity for it. These guys are doing it for the fame, for the image. They wanna do it for you know, just to look good in everybody else's eyes. You know, because mm-hmm. that in general makes them feel better for, mm-hmm. about themselves. So I feel as I feel like it's about the image that you portray at yeah. the time. You know, the, the power that that gives you. Yeah. And it's it's. I mean, I'm sure it's an adrenaline rush, but you know, at the end of the day, like you know, you could see like the the old school rappers they used to do things for their family to yeah. provide. You know, like that's how they started, and that's the difference now. Like now. They do it more for the image. Yeah, like Wu-Tang Clan, like the RZA even said in like one interview, we created this to make the most money possible. Right. Like, you know, to create a support system so all of us can just make as much money, maximize our profit. Right. 
Right. Yeah, no, it's all, I mean, like, you create know, Create a brand, create stories. It's, it's human nature, you know, like, it, it, you're always going to want more. You know, like, mm-hmm. once you see that you get something good out of it, all you want to do is get more and more of it. So, yeah, like, I mean, it, the, the main idea is the same, but it's the reasoning behind it that changed, mm-hmm. you know? So. Okay. And I mean, like there was more message back in the day. Now yeah. it's you know it's no. all just talk. This guy's talk named Little Zan. Yeah, yeah. Getting punked by high schoolers. Yeah, like I mean, it's you. They're not trying. They're trying to make a movie out of it, not send a message. Yeah, so. I hear you, man. So as an immigrant, like maybe you could relate to that a bit. Like, why don't you tell me about like how you've really like transitioned here? Really, the transition. For me, actually, I can't say it was that harsh. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, like, yeah, it was, it was, I, I had a little bit of despair because of the language barrier mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, when I came to New York, I went to, I started living in Port Washington. The school mm-hmm. district was completely different, you know. Like, not a lot of people spoke Spanish. Over mm-hmm. here, it was mainly, you know, English. Yeah, English, you know, English speak English speaking people. So mm-hmm. like it's it was a little harsh and I, at a point like I I remember this very vivid because it it marked my life in a mm-hmm. big way. Um my my grandma used to walk me to middle school all the time, mm-hmm. you know, cuz I didn't know around and she kind of yeah. knew where we were at. So she would walk me and one day like it was I think it was the third day I went to middle school. I stopped right outside the the entrance and I started crying, like crying, crying, crying. And I kept telling her, I'm like, I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to go to school. Like, you know, I don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have no one, you know. And like she smiled and looked at me and said, listen, go through your day. Just know that when you go back home, I'll be waiting for you. That's all she said. And honestly, like she wiped the tears off my eyes and I just went inside and Sure enough, three months later, I was in advanced ESL. You know, like, I, I was already speaking English, like, having conversations and picking up girls, you know. Like, it's, <laughs> you can't, <laughs> you know, like, it, it, it made it a lot easier, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having that, like, little support in that. Yeah. So that uh, brings me to my next question. How was that, uh, how was this uh, transition for the rest of your family when you guys moved here? Well, I would say, like, like, like every other Hispanic family, it's tough, you know, like economically and morally because you come from being with your whole family in Guatemala, you know, like everybody, your grandma, your great-grandma, your great-grandpa, your grandpa, everybody, your aunts, uncles, any siblings you could think of, to having a very limited amount of support family-wise. Mm-hmm. So, like, now, like, I mean, I, I'm here. Even Christmas, it's a little weird because it it's not the same at all. You know, over there, they, they're doing firecrackers, they're doing fireworks. You know, everybody's Guatemala. outside. Yeah, in Guatemala, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's, it's lit, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, like, everybody's outside with their families, lit, lighting mm-hmm. firecrackers and fireworks. And, like, over here, like, I look outside and it's snowing sometimes and it just it's ugly, cold, at least to me, you know, like. Yeah, that's to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, ha- looking around and only having my grandma, my aunt, and my cousin mm-hmm. makes you, you know, it takes you back to, like, 
it really has changed. You know, like things have really changed. But at the end of the day, you look back at how things could be back there mm -hmm. and how growing up over there would have definitely made me a different person. Mm -hmm. um, you kind of like it. You see the lesser evil, I should say. Like mm -hmm. it's yeah. so like, I mean, I, you know, I could always have a worse type of thing. You know? Mm hmm. So what was it like for you to fit in? Like you said you used to live in Flatbush, you moved to Roslyn, then to Port Washington. What was it like for you to fit in in all these different places? I mean, the hardest part, the hardest place to fit in was definitely Port Washington. Yeah. Definitely Port Washington. Everything else, like Roslyn, there was a lot more Latin, la Latinos over there. Mm -hmm. There was a lot more Latinos in Flatbush, of course. And mm -hmm. like... Coming, you get to Port, it's a bit of a bubble. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of cliques, you know, there's no mm -hmm. unity within that school district. There's no, nothing like that, you know, like, I mean, and even if it's at a low level, there's always discrimination, you know, and it's like you can't blame the people because they're indoctrined to be that way. But you definitely feel that, yeah, like the difference, like fitting in, like you have to you feel like you have to try harder to be somebody that you are not. Mm -hmm to impress all these other people. Would you care to elaborate on what you mean by was there's no unity? In a way that, like, yes, in other schools that I've been to, there's groups, but everybody works together. In the school district here, like, it was cliques remained with cliques, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it was like one group remained with that group. Even, even if two different groups had the same class, even in that same class, mm -hmm. they will separate as groups, you know, as their, you know, respective groups. So, like, it, it, that's what I mean by unity. I mean, you always they uh, they don't break the bubble, as you put it mm -hmm. before. They don't they don't break the bubble. They just remain in their bubble, and like it's not you know. It's like the Bowling for Soup song, "High School Never Ends." Right, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. that when we were at the bar that one time, and I just said like. This reminds me way too much of uh, the high school cafeteria. Yeah, you know, seriously. Because like, everyone was still in the same cliques, you know? But that's, okay, but if you go, like, let's, let's say, if you went mm -hmm. to the school I went to in Flatbush, like, you you go there and you're like, like, you see groups, but then you see, like, one guy or two guys drifting from that group and going to another group and started talking, you know? Like, there was no such thing as everybody's by the, like, by the group and that's it, you know? Mm -hmm. It was all, like... You know, it was, it was mm -hmm. cool. You know, like every, everybody was cool with everybody. And I'm not saying that in the in Port Washington School District is not like that. You yeah. know, everybody's cool, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, in, at the end of the day, they always go back to the same group they were in. Hmm. So it's kind of like you see and, and you see the difference between your group and my group, at least with me. Like I was with the troublemakers. I was with the people that, you know, working class, whatever. Like and then you see like the group that is like getting like bmws mercedes's range rovers right and you know that you will never be able to fit in that group you know they'll mm -hmm. they'll talk to you you know once in a while like in class or whatever if they have to mm -hmm. but you know that's another group you know yeah. like that's another clique like that's mm -hmm. their group so it's it's definitely a change like even in guatemala i mean everybody knew everybody in school like even if you were a different grade, everybody would talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, we would play soccer together, we would play basketball together, whatever it was at the time. And, like, everybody got along. But I also went to an evangelic 
school. So that, yeah. that might have changed a little bit. I don't know exactly how like other schools would do, but mostly I was in religion, like religious school. So. Yeah. Sure, all you guys were just pissed off at the uh, at, at the no, teachers that we yeah, all yeah. just together yeah. just went against them. You know? It's like yeah, we get the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. But, oh man, yeah. I mean, it was it was weird, like a weird transition between like school and stuff. Like, but I don't know, we're working on it. You know, like mm-hmm. just yeah, you know, even now, like I yeah, I see the difference. Like, what do you mean? Like, what which uh, difference? Like. Even, like, even after high school, like, you see how, like, like, let's say I go to a club. I, I could tell the different groups within yeah. the club, you know, like, it's it's weird because, like, I mean, there's the rich people on one side and they're, like, just chilling, whatever, like, doing their own thing. And then there's, like, group, like, we're just turning up with, like, a <laughs> bottle, you know what I'm saying? And it's, like, so things like that, like, it's, it's, it's in society, it's, it's not mm-hmm. just the school district. I don't want to yeah. blame it on just the school district, but... It's, it's society itself, you know, like, mm-hmm. but there are places where it's not like that. And I, I could, I've seen it, you know, like, mm-hmm. so. That's we, what you're striving to do here. Yeah, exactly. I got you, man. So where were you born in Guatemala? I was born in the city. Okay. Yeah, which, uh, which city? Uh, city of Guatemala. Oh. Okay. It, it's, that's what it's called. That's the capital of okay. Guatemala, city of Guatemala. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I was born in, over there it's divided by zones. So okay. I was born in zone one and lived most of my life in zone six, which they're relatively close. Okay. Know. But, yeah, like, I was born in the city. Okay. I mean, to disrespect, that sounds, I don't mean to, like, disrespect your country or anything. That sounds like a little, like, dystopian, though, like. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that. It, it kind of, like, it, but it's. I don't think it's, I mean, I couldn't, even when I thought about it like that, the way I know things work over there, it really isn't like in a in a negative way. It's just yeah. how they separated things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it does sound a little weird when you say like zone six. It's like saying yeah. district this, district mm-hmm. that, you know? Like, no, it's a very organized way for like the city to do it. Right. I'm sure like, yeah, you go to like uh, New York, like in Flatbush or wherever, like, you know, you got the different precincts. Mm-hmm. You know, you, they just yeah. can't come up with fancier names, I guess. Yeah, they just like they just start yeah. making up something like. It's like ah, oh, that bush on the street in like 1864 was flat. Like let's yeah, just, let's call it flat bush. Just, there you go. I like, guess that's it. All right, genius. Mm-hmm. Came up with an idea. <laughs> yeah, you got all those rappers, Flatbush zombies coming out. Of, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah, let's turn up to this name. Yeah, seriously, oh. like you just put zombies at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's lit. <laughs> oh. But why did your uh, parents choose to emigrate to the United States? Well, I mean, some reasons were personal. Other mm-hmm. reasons, uh, it was, you know, like every other family. You just mm-hmm. come in here to create a better opportunity for yourself and a better life. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, when, you, when you're over there, like, you, you got to rea- like, you know, realize that mm-hmm. when you're over there, this country is glorified. You know, yeah. Like this, like if you if you like to the point where if you're in America and you go back to Guatemala, gang members will hunt you to get a ransom. That's how that's that's how I would say that's how privileged you seem to them, you know, Mm. because you lived in America. That's how glorified America is to Guatemala, like in any other country, third world countries or developing countries, as Mm -hmm. you call it now. Um, They just seem like. This is the place to be. Yeah, exactly. This is the hub. And, and, but then you come here, 
And yes, uh, you know, everything is, is, you know, streets are cleaner, you know, like, you know, it's bigger, like it's a vast space. Um, but everything comes with a price, you know, and like that's like in the fine print, you know, like mm -hmm. because you know that it's going to cost you, but you don't know exactly how much it's going to cost you. You're just like screwed. It's better than yeah, what it's better than what I could have yeah. here, you know, like mm -hmm. and like I said, most of the reasons were personal, mm -hmm. uh, which led my my grandma and my aunt to think that it was better to come here because one better opportunity and it gave us a choice in the matter for the personal stuff you know mm -hmm. so i mean those were like you know the reasons why i mean it's very straightforward mm -hmm. so but yeah i mean like uh i can't complain i mean i i, I am doing better i do make more yeah. money you know but i do bust my ass like yeah. working and stuff and mm -hmm. uh, like ever since we came you know my grandma started getting sick and i'm not blaming it on coming here i feel like it's just the feeling she has about not being around family i feel mm -hmm. like that it's like a vibe it's like, it's like an energy all her family it's yeah. like her energy went down and her body just started failing because of it i like got my very spiritual p person yeah. like so i feel like her energy changed it started darkening you know mm -hmm. And I feel like that led her to just give up on her body. And well, she's more alone as well. Like, yeah, she feels exactly. more. Exactly. And, and not as protective, more Right. Vulnerable. And my aunt, it, I mean, she's a tough, like, you know, person to be with, you mm -hmm. know. like, and, and my grandma lives with her. And my aunt, that is, like, I, she's impossible sometimes. Now you think she's going to hear this? I hope so. I hope <laughs> so. I hope she hears this. Um, but, nah, yeah, I mean, that's... To put it in, like, I can't even explain. Like, I, that's, to put it lightly, like, she's, like, there's so, <laughs> there's so much more negative stuff that I, I could say about it. But, yeah, that's how I'm going to, I mean, that's how I'm going to put it. So, that kind of, like, you know, the, the whole transition between Guatemala and, and the U.S. And then realizing that, I mean, our first Christmas, like, it was sad, man. Like, we both cried our, our first Christmas here because... Yeah, no, no one. It was just, yeah, it was just her and I. It was mm -hmm. just my grandma and I, and we were like in the the apartment. Like, we put a small like fake tree from Home Depot, and like she tried, she tried, but it wasn't the same. Yeah, yeah, you go to these places, you don't understand the words on the. Yeah, and like, but not aside from place. that. Like now you're home, and it's just it her and like I, which I, I I love being with her, but at yeah. the same time, like I could see the sadness in her, and she could see the sadness in me. So it was a pretty sad Christmas, you know. Mm -hmm. And after that, actually, I didn't even like to celebrate Christmas. Yeah, just actually, because you're mad, you associated with that memory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I, and it was it was crazy because like I like uh, I would be like Christmas is coming again, damn, like like what a drag type of thing, like. And it, it it wasn't like that when I was in Guatemala, you know. So I kind of like I it that since since that moment on, she started feeling like like there was no nothing else, you know. Like there was nothing else for us, you know. And like it's just like her, you know, her energy went down. It started weakening and it started getting dark. And it's just I feel like that, you know, really did a number on her body, you know. Like mm -hmm. so. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, family-wise, my aunt, as 
bad as she is, she's also like you know working really hard and she's having health. She's trying problems. to be that rock. Yeah, and well, in a way, in a way. I mean, like she has like I would say like anger issues and like she mm. takes it out of my grandma. She's she's really bad, but I do recognize that she is trying to provide for her her daughters, you know, mm. for herself. So I mean, for all of us, it's been. It's been really hard, you know, like, I mean, I would say especially for my grandmother, but my aunt, you know, is also getting the, you know, the whiplash. And I also get, you know, once in a while, I don't have it as bad, but I definitely get it, you know, I'd get it. Hmm. So talking about what we just talked about, you immigrating here, what's your opinion of the current immigration policies, you know, from when you immigrated here, I'm assuming, and let me think. You immigrated here when you were 11. That means I was seven. Seven. Seven, yeah. yeah. So then uh, that was 2002? No, it was two. I came here in 2005, May 2005. Okay, 2005, okay. Well, I was 10 turning 11. Okay. But I was like, you know, May to October, it wasn't really much. Like, you know, so yeah. I, 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 to me, I came here when I was 11. But okay. you know, I was 10, I was yeah. 10. So you were like six and some okay. months. So. so then how would you say like in the 13 years, do you think anything's changed with these immigration policies? Like I just turned on the news tonight and it like, you know, Trump's talking about like arming, the militarizing the border between us and Mexico if they can't build the wall. Right. All that kind of stuff. Like DACA is coming under fire. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, the DACA uh, situation, it's funny because I, I tried to apply for it not too long ago, but it was too late. Really? It was already like taken. Uh, no, yeah, I couldn't uh, because Trump had already taken it down. Uh-huh. So the people that already had DACA, they're good. There's, mm-hmm. You know, like you they know, have those you that extra know, two like years. They, they, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, at least oh, so the extra two until years really to get it all together, correct? Yeah, until they figure out yeah. exactly what they want to do. And um, but I, you know, I, I try to get it, and my lawyer was like, "Listen, like the only way you could get it now is if somebody petitions you to be here, or you marry somebody." Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, like I'm 24, so I don't really want to marry yeah. like somebody right now. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I was a little foolish because I mean, after I got kicked out of high school. Um, like, I just gave up on things. And I just started working. I started making money. And that's all I was thinking about. You know, and now, like, a few years now, like, I, I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, I could have done things better. You know, like, I could have handled my immigration status a lot better. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. about the immigration uh, laws right now, it's it's shaky because as— yeah, I was looking it up a little earlier today. It seems like a lot of different shades of gray. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, personally, as an immigrant, I know, like, it, it's kind of like mm-hmm. I'm conflicted because one half of me says, like, it's kind of fair because, you know what, not everybody should be allowed to just go to another country and just, you know, yeah. like, there's there's certain boundaries. Yeah. But then the other half of me is like, listen, I'm already here. I haven't done anything against society. Mm-hmm. You know, I I work. You know, I do my taxes, whatever not. So like, you know, I should be at least my case to be looked at. Yeah. You know, like I, I like trying to like approve at least like a two year thing, three year thing, or whatever not. At least one year, mm-hmm. and then I'll see where I go yeah. from there. You know. Yeah, so from your like interesting perspective, like uh, point of view of this, do you think there's anything that the government and we're failing to see? 
or missing to see? I mean, right now, as obvious as it is, I know that they're not seeing that this is a country based on immigrants. I mean, yeah. like that alone, like it's it's. Yeah, you got Trump just going out in the sun, just like looking at the solar eclipse directly, saying like, "Okay, don't step with, don't step to me, don't mess with my click." Yeah, I got like, shooters all the way to the Kremlin. <laughs> don't, uh, don't start playing with me. Nah, okay, it's, so funny. it's the greatest bad trade deal in the world, yeah, maybe in history. Yeah, right. Like it's uh, it's incredible, but you know, like I get both sides. I get that you know you can't just overstep boundaries, but mm-hmm. also like if if it's somebody that has good nature, why not? You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's not, it really isn't, it doesn't take much, you know, like, if anything, like, like, I, I don't know, like, it, it does disturb the balance, but at the same time, like, we could always work it out, you know, like, it's not like, if this was a developing country, I would definitely think, okay, listen, like, it's really bad if we keep coming here, we yeah. keep coming here, you know, like. It's inflating it, but yeah, this exactly. is, there were, like, but, we already have an established but, infrastructure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and then, and, and, you know, like. You know, it's been tried and tested, like, for a couple centuries now. And if you have an immigrant that comes here, right, and is successful, mm-hmm. opens uh, a business, now you're creating jobs, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not just about the immigration, it's about the economy in general you know so like you how can you how can you take that away from like a a a region that has always seen that that has always seen people come over and create something good out of it mm-hmm. you know like so now like you you just you decide oh listen like you have out of the you know 100% of hispanics in here or immigrants like fifteen percent are criminals, so everybody's gonna pay for them. You know, like mm-hmm. no, that's not fair. You know, that's not fair at all. But you know, like mm-hmm. at the same time, I do understand that things got to be balanced. Yeah. So it's a, it's mixed feelings to, towards that. I gotcha. Okay, so as you know, I have three questions I asked during the show. It's, I'm trying to make the focus as this is the second episode. If you don't know them, I hope you have at least watched the preview so you know. Mm-hmm. Those questions are, have you ever experienced a roadblock in your life? How did you overcome it, and how did you turn it into a positive? So the question I now ask you, Mr. Arvalo, have you ever experienced a roadblock in your life? What was that obstacle for you? It was definitely getting kicked out of school. Mm-hmm. Getting kicked out of school was my i would say my main roadblock like uh after that you know i would apply for jobs and you would at least need the high school diploma and i i do have the chance to yeah, it's like you didn't really care then but then you realize like yeah oh. you're like it's like yeah, how did that come down you know, for you, you know? like how did that really come down on you well it's like really that like i was i was i was really bad in school man like mm-hmm. i mean like first two years i was good 11th grade i started not caring but you know, like, it, I mm-hmm. still tried. And then 12th grade, I was just like, you know what, I've been here too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just want to leave. But the the messed up part is that I got kicked out three months before graduation. And it was because I have missed too much, uh, too many days of school, and I couldn't make up the work. So the AP was like, you either come next year or that's it for you. And I, I honestly, like, I already had senior year, I had none of my friends. All of my friends were either in trouble or you know like so i had nobody around so thinking about it i was like i'm gonna go through another year of this like no Hmm. i'm like i'd rather go work make money and do my thing you know like Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day like i do see 
that I I mean I done messed up you know like okay. I done I messed, done messed up, up. Like, I done goofed yeah I get so, got I got got I get got I got gotten yeah no definitely because mm-hmm. like I mean as small as it sounds like it makes a difference mm-hmm. yeah know? where do you think that left you clueless man it left me <laughs> clueless I didn't know what to do I wasn't ready for life mm-hmm. I wasn't uh, like I, yeah I had faced a lot of things throughout my days and like. You know, I see that, like, I've, I had grown a nice young man, you know, mm-hmm. but I wasn't a man yet. You know, like, I wasn't I wasn't ready to take on life in that way because I was so used to being in school and goofing around mm-hmm. that, like, when life hit me, I was like, geez, like, this is harsh. You know, like, I had to, you know, start paying rent, you mm-hmm. know, started working, whatever not. Um. So yeah, I mean, I got like it's it's crazy. Like I just, I you just think you think about you think about it like oh whatever, I'm not gonna need it. But it definitely like it just you know like mm-hmm. you you just try. I mean, but it does it doesn't seem to go away because let's mm-hmm. say I have a good job right now, I'm getting paid very well, but that job doesn't work any longer, and now I have to look for another one. And most mm-hmm. of them ask for at least high school yeah. diploma. So, like, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And so how did you overcome that? Like, how did you rise to this? It's funny because it was... It was or are you mo- still rising to it, you think? I, oh, I mean, I hope I'm still, like, you know, rising. Yeah. Not to it, but, like, I, I hope I'm still rising. Oh, of course, you yeah. uh, know. But... You're in your prime, kid. Right now... You're in your prime. Yeah, I hope so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um... It's it was just life playing playing out. I I started doing like I started doing restaurant restaurant business when I was sixteen years old. Uh, I worked before that in like caterings and things mm-hmm. like that, but it wasn't really very serious. It was like once a week type of thing and like mm-hmm. whatever whenever they needed me. But I started working restaurant business when I was sixteen, and um, like I I started like I started losing my jobs very often because I, I was so like lost you know men- mm-hmm. mentally gone like absent absent minded I say you know as you would say but um I start like I started losing jobs and then I ended up at La Petite where we mm-hmm. work and um you know I worked there for a few months and then I got fired because I was supposed to work brunch but you know I'm not a morning person. Yeah, yeah. I'm really not a morning person. And it was not one to take any shh. Yeah, I wasn't taking any ish. So I I just didn't go to work. I I got there at like 1. I was supposed to be there at 10. I got there at 1. And Ennio at the time, he nah. was a manager. He he was like, you're off the schedule. It's like, what, bro? Yeah, you're like, you're off the schedule. Like, get out of here. I don't need you here, like, type mm-hmm. of thing, you know? So I'm like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even say anything. I was wrong. I could just walked away with, like, my, the, my tail yeah, between my legs. I was like, like yeah. <laughs> so, and Ennio flips out on you. It's because he has, he's he, totally in the right. Yeah, no, definitely. And, like, it's whatever. So, like, I, I walked away. Three months later, I get a job at a catering hall. I hate it, man. I, I hated it. Honestly, I was going in at 11 in the morning mm-hmm. and getting out at 4 in the morning the next day. You know, mm-hmm. so it was a lot of a lot of work. So I'm like, I, I went back to La Petite to have dinner with my then girlfriend. Um, and I'm like, anyway, I'm like, I need my job back. <laughs> I need my job back, bro. Like, 
do me the don't do me the solid bro like mm-hmm. he's like hmm, i don't know like whatever so he's like he ends up taking me back i i go in as a busboy for like a month and then he's like you know what you're gonna be a waiter really so you i skipped runner altogether yeah. went right to waiter so like waiter he's like I, but, but i had worked prior you know there you yeah, know yeah. you know so at the catering I, yeah, I worked. I worked. No, no, no. I worked at La Petite. Then I got fired, mm-hmm. and then I went to the catering, and then I went back to La Petite. Mm-hmm. So now this time he's like, you know what? You worked there as a busboy already. You're gonna be a waiter. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I get the waiter job. That's when you're 16. No, that I was already. Uh, I would say 18 okay. at this time. Yeah. Um, this was because so, I worked. Okay, so not to make it complicated, but I worked. Uh, well, honey, in Oyster Bay mm-hmm. for like uh, six months. Oh, they moved into the port. Yeah, yeah, they have the well, honey on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which my ex girlfriend's mom owns. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, that's why that's the whole reason why I started working okay. restaurant. You know, that way you broke uh, up. They're pissed off. That's why you left. Well, yeah, essentially. <laughs> uh, so I started working at Toscanini, mm-hmm. and then I, I worked at Toscanini, this Italian restaurant oh, in, yeah. in port, also big on the sauces. That's yeah, that's why I know. Yeah. Um, for a year, I worked there for a year, uh, and then I started looking for jobs. You know, be, and then I told you I started losing my job, so I started like getting a job, losing it, getting a job, losing it. Yeah, and it was like a like a pattern. And then I found La Petite, got fired, then found the catering hall, and then went back to La Petite. Mm-hmm. So okay. once I I went back to La Petite, he's like, Look, "You're gonna be a waiter." Blah, blah, blah. All right. So I started waiting and I, I realized that I'm really good at it. Like, I, like. Hey, so you think like him giving you that responsibility really helped you out? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I mean, that was, it was, it was really good for me uh, because it gave me more confidence in myself. You know, I, like, because going back to the language barrier, I always felt vulnerable in that sense. You know, because I always felt like I, I didn't I, I didn't speak well enough or I wasn't able to develop myself and be in front of people, mm-hmm. you know. And so you think that really helped you out, like him giving you that? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely helped me out. But then he turns around and he's like, listen, I need a bartender. So mm-hmm. I, uh-huh. I'm like, and I, and I told him, you know, it's funny. I told him, I'm like, I don't want to be a bartender. I said, no. Too much stress? I don't want to be. No, because first of all, I didn't know how to do it. So it kind of intimidated me. Okay. Uh, second of all, it was a lot of pressure. So I'm assuming this is when you're like 19, 20. Yeah, 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 this? yeah, Okay. Fast forward like two years. Right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Faithfully. Well, yeah, I forgot, like how, you, I Gerby, forgot to say how long, yeah, how long yeah. I was a waiter for. But yeah, I was a waiter for about like nine months, ten months. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like, I, he's like, you're going to be a bartender. I'm like, all right, you know what? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like, I'll do it. I'll try it. If I don't like it, I'm not going to be it. So... I tried it the the first the first week and my first day was a Friday. Yeah. My first day uh, was a Friday, man. Well, that's when it was really. And it was not to say the restaurant isn't busy. Bad. It's, man. It's, yeah, it's not to say the restaurant isn't busy right now. It was more busy a couple years yeah, ago. Let's it was just like leave that at that. Well, it's just like every new concept, you know, people are attracted yeah, to. That's yeah. the only reason why people get bored of just things. Leave it at, let's that's just it. Let, let's just leave it at. It's not okay. as busy. It's still popping. So it's still still popping. It's still, still popping. Pop. You could come, guys. Whoever's listening to this, mom, dad, Definitely. might be the only two. Continue. <laughs> but uh, Sorry so I, I I started doing the bartending and then I fell in love with it. Even even because even when I messed up on that first Friday. I was like, I could do this, you know, I could do this. So uh, it was cool. It was cool. Like yeah. I, that's how I actually started 
making something out of what I messed up on. Yeah. So. And would you say that kind of like, did you say like that was a way for you kind of to alternatively educate yourself? Yeah. Like, would you say like, yeah, let's elaborate on that. How, uh, what are you saying? So what would you say are some other ways you kind of alternatively educate yourself in absence of high school or in I, absence of school? I mean, uh, be, because it is a French restaurant, mm-hmm. I, I've learned a lot about French culture, first okay. of all. Uh, I've learned about a lot about wines from working there. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Wines, uh, I mean, mostly like hospitality stuff I've learned, mm-hmm. but I've learned a lot about the people that come in. You know, like it, it, it's they expect they, a certain kind of service, right? And not only that, but it's 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 a lot of networking. Like it, I, I actually like you talk to people and you actually like figure out what they want to do. And uh, you know, you never know. Mister Young might give you a part in one of his new movies. Hey, hey you never know. Or, or he could paint me naked or something. I don't yeah, know. Like something like that. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Perfect for my next picture. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um. Uh. It's it, it definitely helped me uh, f- help me pick myself up. I, it definitely helped me pick myself up. Like, uh-huh. um, but yeah, and it educated me a lot because like, it, not only you learn how people work, mm-hmm. it like not not only in the customer side, mm-hmm. but on the on the business side of things. Yeah, you know how how owners really are because. When you're, I have five years there, and when you have that much time, you actually have some type of like a connection with the owners. Mm-hmm. So you know they do text me, I text them whenever something's wrong, whenever something's right. Um, so like I see how the the business side of it works, and mm-hmm. I see how the customer side of it works. So I mean that kind of yeah. helps me want. Like if I ever want to open my own place, that helps me out mm-hmm. to see, you know, algorithms or whatever, or yeah. like statistics of things, you know, like. So it definitely helps out in in that type of way, and that's something that you would learn in in school, mm-hmm. you know. But the fact that you're learning it while you're having the experience, that's another story, and that's that's where it yeah. educates me the most. Yep. And so you might uh, think of this as a follow up to the same question. But how, do you think you've ever experienced any moral crossroads? Like, you know, just a place where you thought you were, it's like, damn, if I choose this way, it's going to change my character. If I go this way, it's going to do the same thing, and I'm not sure which way to go. I mean, it's funny because we talked about this before, yeah. and I thought of a better one than the one that I okay. brought up. It's before and I remember you said you're getting kicked out of high school. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, definitely. Get, mm-hmm. that, that was – but moral crossroad, I would definitely say, like, before I started working restaurant business, I was in a really bad path. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, doing a lot of shoplifting, a lot okay. of like stealing and reselling, whatever not. Like, you know, and and I got arrested for it. You know, like I didn't, you know, I did whatever I had to do to, you know. But after that, I had the choice mm-hmm. of either change my life or stay doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And at the time, um, I, I was good. I was good at being you know yeah like stealing shit yeah okay yeah definitely i was i was good at it that's gonna something. come in handy i'm sure sometime i mean not not something to be proud of you know but, but hey, like, like but like it's just you know I'm, if we're gonna keep it a hundred you know like yeah, if you're, wait, 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 then you look down at those shoes you got it's like damn, yeah right sorry, like, like 
But um, so I, I, I really had to think about it. And the funny part about it is that having a young mind, you're like, mm-hmm. I could do this for the rest of my life. You yeah. know, like, I, whatever. Like, yeah, like, and because I got sort of a slap on the wrist, mm-hmm. you think I could get away hey, with this. it's Murphy's Law, man. Anything that can happen will happen. Yeah. So, like, like because I got, you know, like, it wasn't it wasn't too bad of a punishment. So now you think, I could get away with this. I could do it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But then I realized what that was doing to my mom, to my grandma, you know. She knew you were, yeah, she like, found well, out. Well, once I got arrested, yeah, yeah she definitely she, found out. Because at first I would, I would go home with, like, brand new pairs of, pan, uh, of uh, shoes, I mean. Like, and and, it, and she'd be like, "Where good. where are you getting where? No, I I wasn't even uh, working at the restaurant. This was before the restaurant." And she was like, "Where are you getting all these?" Sh-? This was when I was straight thir- tech text mom. That's I was all. I was thirteen. I was thirteen when I started shoplifting. Mm-hmm. I got arrested when I was fourteen. Okay, that's when like the whole thing started. Uh, so she's like, "Where are you getting all these all, all these things from? Like you're getting belts and shoes and mm-hmm. blah blah blah." So uh, I'd be like, oh, listen, because I've always really been into cars. So I'm like, oh, like, you know, once in a while somebody asks me to, like, help them fix this in their okay. car. And they give me money and I buy myself stuff. But it was in long and long after that, I actually got arrested and she found everything yeah. out. So I, I had that, you know, yeah. I had to so decide. Yeah, whether, like, you know, it's like, am I going to keep, like, getting this nice stuff? Torture my, like, my grandmother or... Or I'm like, or am I gonna torture myself and make my mom happy? You yeah. know, like because I understand sure, you make your that. Make mother like, happy. My mistakes yeah. are not gra- mother. But uh, well, I mean, either way, yeah. it's a little confusing because of the way my life yeah, set yeah. up. But like, like is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had to choose. I had to choose, and at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I, thankfully, I chose the right path. You know, mm-hmm. like. And you won't be a bartender if you did. Yeah, exactly. No, maybe you would have. Uh, maybe at like a dive bar or something, but not like a fancy restaurant. I don't know. Like I heard the short thing's still hiring. Yeah, right. Yeah. Might as well. Like. I'm kidding. I got nothing against the short thing. If <laughs> Billy, Billy hates me, he wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know right who there. Billy is, but the owner, I don't hate the, the short owner. thing. I've been there. It's a nice place. Uh-huh. Well, keep it I, a, I let's not get I messy. Dislike it. Okay, we're getting messy. Okay. <laughs> And that's, yeah. that's saying mm-hmm. something nice about it. <laughs> but um, so let's get back to what you, your roadblock getting kicked out of high school. How do you think you turned that into a positive experience? I think you already kind of explained that a bit. Right. You know, really like, you know, you learned responsibility. Yeah, definitely. The first I mean, steps to becoming a man. And and uh, it's. So how would you say you turned that into a positive? I feel like that was my rock bottom. Yeah. And you know how they say, like, when, once you hit your rock bottom, there's no more bottom. You just you could only go up. So that definitely like it, it, that's that was my rock bottom. So that kind of like helped me just go up, you know, or, or at least attempt to go up. So I, I mean, that was like my my blessing in disguise, I would say, yeah. like because in a way, yes, it was tough for me, but at the end of the day, like it it made me realize the consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It was there was there was a good with the bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, and so throughout this journey you've had, or in the journey you're having still, who would you say your uh, guides and helpful mentors have been? Well, first off, my grandma. Mm-hmm. Definitely, my grandma was like, you, you know, I mean, to go to school. I mean, she didn't teach me. Sh- she didn't teach <laughs> me to shave or anything, but. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I mean, compassion, like, right? Yeah, no, it's it, not only that, but com- like she taught me to always have common sense. Always taught me to. She always said, "If you're gonna do something, do it well, or don't do it at all." Mm-hmm. You know, and it avoids a lot of things. It avoids a lot of conflict and stuff like that. So, like, I, I owe most of it to her. Uh, another, another one would be Enya. Yeah. Enya is uh, definitely has helped me a lot. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, he he's taught me what I know about hospitality so far. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've been in other restaurants, but he's the one that has taught me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, he kind of passed the torch, man. Like, mm-hmm. uh, he, I mean, he, he actually gives a damn about yeah, the restaurant, no, too. You, know, you go to a bunch of other restaurants, you know, the guys care. He actually, I could uh, attest to personal experience. He really, really cares. No, no, he does. He does. And, uh, like, the the good thing about him is that he doesn't think about it he doesn't just think about the owners and how much money they make, mm-hmm. you know? Well, he thinks about the customers, too. No, he th- the, the fact that, that I like about him is that he thinks about the staff, too. Mm-hmm. You know, not just, uh, not just the patronage, not just the, the, the owners, the staff, too. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, and it makes for a good working environment because now the, the workers feel, feel comfortable, the workers feel compensated, so now they're going to do their best to serve the restaurant, which helps mm-hmm. the owners. So, yeah. like, it's a, it's a good thing to have under your belt. Like, like you know, having that fairness and having, like, that mentality that every it, it should be mutual. It shouldn't be just for the owners. It, it should be everybody's ball, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, so it definitely, like, that, that alone taught me a lot. Oh, yeah? Okay. And so, like, yeah, would you say that's the way he really helped you? Teaching and, that, and I'm he's he's giving me a little you know fashion techniques you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying my grandpa sweaters how to look sharp you know, like my grandpa sweaters with the with the tie <laughs> and the you know collar shirt yeah yeah that, and that's I'm, the way you gotta dress you know like actually the last guest I had on here Matt Jackson he's running his own uh, clothing company now he said it's like before people meet you before they know anything about you before they know your name they see how you dress and mm-hmm. that says volumes about you. You know Matt? <laughs> I know yeah. Matt. Oh, too. yeah, you know Matt. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah, he was the first person uh, who I interviewed. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. No, that nice. episode's coming out Wednesday, April 4th. Nice. Way after, way before this one's even coming out. So it'll already be out. Listen to that one if this is the first one. But, um, yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's true. It's like you, your visuals, even like, even, I'm going to relate it to food because. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. But even with with a with a dish, you know, you you eat with your eyes first. If your eyes mm-hmm. like it, then your mouth starts, you know, mm-hmm. wanting it. You know, and then just you know, everything, everything. The appearance is is a lot, but not in a in a materialistic way, in like a moral way, in like the sense that you know how to dress yourself mm-hmm. without looking out of place. Yeah, you know, like that's knowing how to fit in. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it, yeah. He's he's taught me that. He's taught me like you know the way business works. Uh, so like, hopefully one day I could open my own business. You know? Okay. And so, what would you say today are your passions? Would you say it's really in the service industry? And how are you pursuing that? Well, passions, passions. I mean, right now uh, it's mostly money, man. To nah. be completely honest, like it's it's. I wanna I wanna get as much money as I can, mm-hmm. and. Uh, We'll take it from there. I mean, I got gotcha. you. 
aside from having, a, I mean, my other passion is my beautiful girlfriend, you know. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. So, like, I love spending time with her, you know, like, yeah. and I would say most of my time is it's invested in her and my mom, of course. Okay. So, uh, right now, like, I don't, can't really have much passions of my own. Uh, right now, I just want to take care of things that need yeah. to be taken care of, and then I'll think of what I really want, you okay. know, like, because first off, I'm I'm kind of young, you know, like, I, I, I know time flies, but right now, I, I still got time. I still got time. Okay. And would you say, what what are your views on education now? Do you think the system's helped you? In a way, yes. Uh, but education lacks personality, mm-hmm. you know? Like, ed- like, a school will never teach you how to deal s- with situations in real life. Like, it, it, they, you know, like... Yeah, they need. They need. Like, and what would they, you change anything about it? I, I I would definitely change the way that things are being taught. You know, like I feel like they're putting so much pressure on the students that either they do something silly to keep up with it, or they don't keep up with it at all. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like yeah, right I mean, now, it's a rat race. Actually, yeah. anyone says to me, he feels it's a rat race, and I, I agree with him. Like. You know, really, everyone's just trained to retain information for a moment, then get rid of it. And they're trained. They're, yeah. they're trained how to take tests. And and, and the not messed, how to learn. the messed up part is that they don't give you information that you actually need. Yeah. So now you now you're half as learning information that you don't even need. So now it's just taking up space in your head, and like there's really nothing you can do about it because now you're taught to retain all that mm-hmm. as long as you can. Okay. So I would definitely make, like put a little more personality into education, like you know, see how every individual works and teach them the way mm-hmm. that they work, you know, because they try the same thing with everybody, mm-hmm. you know. Now recently, like you know, within like the past, I would say fifteen years, they've been doing this whole thing with like even even mm-hmm. in in Striver, they were doing like the the steps. Mm-hmm. And flick or whatever. Yeah, now. I was in and the like, resource room. Yeah, and like things like program. that, things like that. Yeah, so I, I do understand that, but like I feel like you need to know your students to know how to teach yeah. them. I agree. You know, so like I definitely did this. It, they need more like like a closer relationship with the students. Instead of being in a bubble, getting yeah. getting all clicky, exactly. talking about it for but it's, it all. But in. that's what I'm saying. That everything mm-hmm. is indoctrined. Because, like, everything works a certain way, so we're just born to do how things are doing, like, how things are being done right now, mm-hmm. you know? But things are in this way all the time, so we could always go back, but it, it's up to us, you know? Okay. And do you feel you mentor others, you know, from what you learned? Do you feel you pass the torch to anybody right now or no? Uh, I think you're still learning, so. I feel like I try, man. Mm-hmm. I try, I try, like. But I see definitely a job. You try to instill things in myself and others there. Right, right, right. But I, I feel like you know, and the, not, not anything against you or anything. But the mm-hmm. generations. Well, I'm, we're we're essentially the same generation. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like the, the the years after my my grade or my year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't like you know they don't really like mm-hmm. take much serious. You know? right, were you guys that did the uh, chicken prank? 
for a senior? No. Yeah, the senior prank where they just had released like three chickens. No, one, three, I, I heard of that, but it wasn't us. Okay. No, it wasn't us. We were. It, oh, I was twenty twelve. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you know, that might have been, like, 2008 when everyone was going yeah. through, like, the grunge phase, like, the goth phase. Like, I saw a bunch of, like, combat boots and trench coats in the video. This this guy, my, my ex's brother, actually, like, let out, like, mad, like a lot of fireworks around the school mm-hmm. or whatnot. And he got arrested because he started a fire because, you know, hmm. it's so smart to do. Yeah. But Genius. why would you put, like, fire like firecrackers? Like, huh? No, in the school, bro. Like, in the hallways. Brilliant. Like, and I'm like, why would you do that in the place full of paper? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's paper uh, everywhere. A place full like, of, like, 14-year-olds. Well, that too. <laughs> but I'm talking about, like, the like how flammable it is. But mm-hmm. um, So I feel like, I mean, even, like, Michelle, let's say, and I hope she hears this. Uh, <laughs> she uh, She's 22 right now. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever. But, you know, you try to, like, teach the way that you were taught, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe even better. You take you take the way that you were taught and you make it even better, right? So that's what I'm trying to do with her with the whole bartending thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it just seems like she doesn't care. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like she's just like does things just to do them. And most people younger than me are like that. You know, like it's 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 crazy. It's like first up, most of them, not most of them, I would say like some of them um, lack common sense. Which common mm-hmm. sense is key in life, man. Like definitely mm-hmm. because it, 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 it's a sixth sense, you know. It's that gut feeling. Exactly, it helps you understand other people, and it helps you. It helps you understand yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so common sense definitely, and um, a good head on your shoulders. Meaning, like, know what's real and what's not. Know what you know. What's gonna make something out like something good out of your life and something that is not you know like most people are just like that the living like the the what's it called the yolo life you know uh-huh. like you only live once type and you know? like so i said that in my miss evans uh english class once on a paper <laughs> a guy i actually got a good grade on it yeah <laughs> did you that's, yeah, it that's was just funny. the middle of class. Everybody, I got a good laugh, so you know. I got my goal. <laughs> no, but yeah, most most people are doing that, man. And it's like, I mean, like, I'm not saying take everything too serious, but, you know, try to see the seriousness in life, not mm-hmm. just like, you know, work hard, work as hard as you play, you know. like mm-hmm. Okay, always. Wiz Khalifa. All right, yeah, definitely uh-huh. got to throw that in, you know, <laughs> Qu- quoting, quoting. Mm-hmm. The philosophers of our age. Yes, yes. I mean, honestly, like if you probably think about contributing it, to even, lack of common even, sense. Even when Wiz Khalifa came out around then, there was uh, there was still good hip hop out there. Or oh, black I, and I yellow, call, that was yeah, good. I wouldn't even call it hip hop. I'm gonna call it rap because you can't even call it hip hop. Honestly, I, I yeah, take that's... that back. Disrespect. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but it was still good music. You mm-hmm. know, like now it's like it's mm, got a little mm, saying mm, like mm, yeah, you got mm, this like mumbly mm, kind of mm, mm, heady beats. Like, or hard beats, one of the two. Oh, man. Like, put a little more of, like, originality in there. Mm-hmm. Like, more like... Like, I could listen to one verse of the song and know a story, you know? Aside from, like, you got pills and you got girls and you went home and you... Did whatever. know both the pills yeah, and well, the girls. Yeah, seriously. Like, at the same even, time. At the same time, though. Like, so, like... So you want to throw it? You want like a sideball to be thrown? Like they want you want to hear about them doing the pills one night, then the girls the next. Yeah, seriously, like and 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 a story, story. and a story between that. You yeah. know, like 
It's like I want some ten percent juice. I want to. I want to look. I want to close my eyes and listen to the song and picture the room. You know, like Mm -hmm. like rappers back then, like they start like oh like you know go in through my heavy door type thing. Like Mm -hmm. you know, look at my lamp. I saw my bed. It wasn't made type of thing, but I throw her on it either way. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Like so, it it gave like these guys are just. Like so, like yeah. it's 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 very hard yada, to yada, listen yada. to. Yeah, let me do. Let me tell you about my drug salad. Yeah, yeah, seriously, mm-hmm. keeping it valid. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's it's yeah, but it's crazy because like we're talking about all this in a separate like it all separately, but it all originates in the same mm-hmm. like it's crazy. Okay, it's crazy. And so this is gonna be our final question. Just gonna wrap it up with this one. What do you want most for people to know about your story? Uh, I would say... It could be something we talked about, not talked about. What do you want them to know most? What do you want this final impression to be? I mean, I would say, like, it's... See what I, you know, like, look at what... Or listen to what I've said and know that it's not always the last step. Mm -hmm. You're always going to take another step. And it might not be, not it might not be good, mm-hmm. but there there will be a good step eventually, you know. Like, and I that's my mentality, and that's what I want people to know. I I want people to know that you always gotta keep a positive mentality. Yeah. That is, honestly, that is hands down the first thing that you need for anything, anything. So positive mentality, which I got. Yeah. Uh, I'll get your places, man. Just got to work on your million-dollar smile. Yeah. It's more like Seriously. two cents right now. No, mm-hmm. I, 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 bro. I'm messing with I'm, you. I'm lucky if I get a penny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So that has been this episode of Take No Shh. Hope all of you have a wonderful day Good whenever night. you're listening to this. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit WCWP.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.